We are live. Hello, ah. hello. So, Hello, welcome to Cabaret <laughs> Q&A. We are so excited, you can see. <laughs> and I am Heather, and I'm, of course, we have the amazing Ryan above me. Um, and then you're sandwiched between one Heather and another Heather. Two Heathers, <laughs> yes. Two Heathers. The two like Heathers. Welcome, Heather. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> so if you haven't uh, given permission to StreamYard, if you could give permission to StreamYard, then it makes it easier for us to see who you are. But we have our phones, so we'll see you anyway. Right. But, you know, just a thing. Uh, so welcome, Heather Wild. Hello, Heather Jean. I'm so <laughs> excited. I love to meet other Heathers. Yeah. <laughs> <Joining us. laughs> and I'm very excited to meet Mr. Ryan as well. <laughs> yes, they just met for the first time, just moments ago. It's very exciting. Chaos ensues. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Cabaret Q&A, if you have any questions about Cabaret, if you if you want to share anything, uh, you know, jump into the comments and uh, and and get involved. And um, I'm just looking. Oh, you is that you, Ryan, that just put that's hey, me. everyone? That's me. Oh, okay. He's that's always me. Facebook user. It's like. Yeah, and for yeah. some reason, it does not give me the option, and I do not know why, to just do things in the way that I want them to do them. <laughs> I'm uh, not using hey. technology in that way, apparently. But I show up perfectly imperfect as we do. Well, we show, we we try, we try. And this month, of course, still doing the thing in April, magic of pleasure. Yes. So let's kick off. Heather, what's pleasure about for you? Pleasure is about being alive. <clears throat> and we tend to, especially in the US where we were founded by Puritans and we haven't gotten over it yet, um, <laughs> we tend to be, you know, we automatically, uh, because there's so much shame around sex and, and bodies and sexuality, you know, we tend to like, we hear the word pleasure and we go straight into sexual pleasure, but, yeah. and, and, and God bless sexual pleasure. I love sexual pleasure. It's, yeah, right. it's a real and wonderful thing, but there's also the pleasure of just, you know, stroking my arm and I'm like, Ooh, I'm so soft and Oh, feel my nails on my arm. Uh, but there's also the pleasure of reading a great book or, you know, sitting in a, in a warm, you know, salt bath, um, the pleasure of um, seeing a goal realized, you know, the pleasure of, of, you know, watching it rain or, you know, they're talking to a friend that you haven't talked to in a long time. So I really think that it benefits us to hone in on on pleasure uh, because we are so pain focused, you know, um, and it's socially acceptable to be depressed. It's socially acceptable to be sad. It's socially acceptable to be dissatisfied. Um, and I think that when we start focusing on the pleasurable things in our life and realizing how much pleasure is available to us, that it's really it's transformative. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, with Confidence to Cabaret, one of the things that we've often talked about is is the revolution of pleasure. Um, we often talk uh, specifically, there's this quote that we often cite, which is by the wonderful Lydia Lunch. Uh, the first thing they take from you is pleasure and the most revolutionary act is to take that back. And I love that <laughs> say that, you know, <laughs> right? That quote just every time. But um, yeah. with Cabaret, one of the things that we often talk about, as we say, is is how that equates to, you know, taking up space and how we show up in the world. And I love what you're saying with that, you know, pleasure is a multifaceted tool. How do you embrace pleasure in what you do um, to, to kind of to bring that message to others? So I was 
I've been all types of coaches and um, I was really focused on ethical sales coaching, like helping high integrity entrepreneurs learn how to sell in a way that feels good to them because it's a thing. Um, and I've recently, I've recently, my soul just stopped me in my tracks and was like, you can't do that unless you also start talking about transformation because that is my truest gift to the world. And even the sales coaching clients that um, came to me have ended up needing transformational work. And it's been, it's, it's been, it's really, it's really wonderful to help people with anything. And it's wonderful to see their businesses and them get more comfortable with sales. Um, but uh, the transformational stuff is what really, really lights me up. So, um, and I'm also reaching back into my roots and bringing back my sex positive sex education and, um, you know, sex coaching as well. So I haven't been focused a lot on pleasure, like pleasure and sales hasn't really lent themselves to each other. Um, and so this is, you know, I love being a part of this conversation because it, it's you know, it's, it's my chance to get out and start talking about this because it's something that I can help people with um, my own journey, you know, um, I um, have always, you know, enjoyed pleasure, um, but I didn't know how to um, achieve maximum pleasure for a long time. That was a struggle for me. Um, and then, you know, I, I suffer from a lot of uh, anxiety and depression and, you know, um, drug, drug addiction, um, went through recovery, grew as much as I could from that, and then dove into personal growth. And one of the first things that I did um, Oh, <laughs> one of the first things that I did, uh, my therapist actually recommended a book by Mama Gina, who I was talking to you guys off yeah. camera about, and I loved it. And I, I, I've never purchased a course and actually gone through a course with anybody. I would just read books and not do the exercises. And so, <laughs> self self help is like a novel, right? I mean, you can just right. read it and just osmosis, right? So I would get all this great ideas, but I wouldn't implement. And so um, I actually purchased a six week uh, course from her where it was really going through the book and really, you know, we were in a community of people who were also going through these exercises and starting to recognize all the pleasure around you and, and really surrender to that pleasure instead of, you know, being, you know, rigid and like, no, pleasure is only this and pleasure is bad. And so I did a six week course and then I signed up for her mastery course and went through that. And so it was a four month long, you know, journey of, of being the community of at that time, 250 women from all over the world who were exploring how to bring more pleasure into their life. And um, it's amazing. So as I get back into the sex coaching and everything, I'll be talking about it more, uh, but it's not something I've been doing a lot in the last few years. I really want to, like the transformational uh, stuff that you're talking about with, with your work. You were talking about this earlier actually in the community and I was really like, oh, what is this? Because you were talking about a transformational ritual that you do um, or have done and practice. Talk about that because I mean, as much as this is about magic and pleasure, it's also about magic and how we use that to, to employ change. And I think that's a really fascinating thing. So what was that, what was, what was it you were speaking of there? Uh, so that was that was interesting. So I was a I was a rideshare driver, wow. <laughs> and one yeah, and one of my um, one of my clients that I that I drove quite a bit. I was always telling him stories about how you know I, I'm trying to do this in my coaching business, and you know all my stories ended. It was like me trying so hard, and 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 nothing ever working out for me. And one day he really pissed me off, and he <laughs> provided me this reflection. He said. Heather, your life is like a sitcom. You're like a sitcom character. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like Phoebe from Friends. I'm like, I'm like the, you know, and and I, I I'm the lovable fuck up, 
was was what I realized. And so um, I had been using this character my whole life to like hide my brilliance. So, you know, I was always trying and trying and trying, but I would always manage to self-sabotage in some spectacularly funny way. And so people weren't intimidated by me. I could go and try and try and try, but never, you know, have my success. And I was realizing I was valuing these people that wouldn't value my success. And I was valuing being entertaining to people more than I was valuing my own success. And I was like, oh, and so I had never really messed with any kind of ritual magic because I was afraid of it. And I was like, what if I fuck up? What if I go like Dark Willow from Buffy, you know? <laughs> the best Willow, yeah. <laughs> if I could just absorb shit from books like she did, oh my God. Just saying. So, yeah. <laughs> just saying, right? Like, oh my gosh. So, so for like a week, I just became obsessed with this idea of, of doing this ritual. And I went to a cabin. Um, I got, um, I gathered up all my magic supplies that I'd never really used. And I made a list of all the things that characterized the lovable fuck up. And then I made a list of all the things I wanted to really embody. And I, you know, cast a circle and had candles and incense and Deva Pramal plague. I mean, I went all out. Like it's, you know, pure classic addict, you know, insanity. Like it's all or nothing. And I sat down and I read out the characteristics of the lovable fuck up. And I thanked them for how they had served me. And I cried. And the things that I didn't want to keep, I put in one pile. And then the characteristics I did want to keep, I, I put in another. And then after I did that, I burned all the pieces of paper of the things that I was letting go. Took a shower, came back, sat down in the circle, and then read out loud all the things that I was calling in. And my, my thing was, like, I, if I read it and I stumbled over it, I had to read it again. And some things I had to read like six times before I could say it. And I had to say it from my diaphragm. And it was really powerful. And one of the funny things that happened during this, like, I, I do have spiritual gifts and I've just been too afraid to really do anything with them. But I'm sitting there, I'm in this cabin. I'm, you know, not completely away from civilization, but I'm not like around a lot of people. It's three o'clock in the morning. And I say, you know, I, I embrace opportunities you know and there was a fucking knock at the door <laughs> three o'clock in the morning <gasps> and so i was like it's a serial killer or a bear <laughs> <laughs> but then i thought maybe it's my spirit guides because i'm my my favorite state of my highest joyous state is harmless mischief and i was like I think my spirit guides are messing with me. And so I went to the kitchen and I like looked out the window and I couldn't see anything there. And so I was like, okay, I think I'm safe. And so I threw open the door and I said, welcome opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and was it a bad? Well, I mean, it could have been knocking into the trash can outside or oh, something, you know, but it, there was nothing there. But I very clearly something on the door. And I was like, OK, so, um, yeah, so I finished that ritual. And that was back in um, 2015. And it's it's time for me to do another one. I'm actually planning to do another one on myself in the next like month or so because I'm going through a really transformative experience right now and I want to anchor it in. Um, and I also want to 
when I was a sex worker, I had, it was my identity. It was everything, you know, and I, it wasn't just a job. It was an adventure. I loved it. And it was, it was my entire life. It was my entire purpose, my entire identity. And so when I walked away, it was so painful for me to walk away, even though the industry had changed and I was not having fun anymore that I just took everything that was like escort Heather and just shoved her into a closet to die. And there were actually, there were a lot of things that needed to die. I mean, honestly, but there were some good things about that version of me. And recently I was in contact with somebody who knew me from that time in my life. And he was like, where's my thug bitch at? Like, who are you? (laughs) He's like, I'm glad you've made the changes. You know, I'm glad you got, you know, got your life together, but you know, there were good things about you back then. And so this transformation ritual will will also, you know, be part of that will be me going in and, and sourcing, like, what am I letting go from Thug Heather? And what am I bringing forward? Because I need that bitch in my life. So, <laughs> but this transformation ritual, I actually, when I did it, the, one of the things that came to me was that I'm really, I'm supposed to hold space and take other people through it. So that's going to be something that I'm going to start offering um, just as a really powerful experience. But I really want to do it in purpose. And I don't, this ritual took about five hours to complete. And I don't want to do five hours on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, understand that. Oh. Yeah, I can see why. I I can see why. It. I mean, it has to be a personal thing. But I mean, that's that's a huge transformation to let go of of something that's so much a part of your life, and and completely pivot to something else. And I think in maybe greater or lesser ways, you know, during the COVID. Um, year, let's say we we've all had to do a certain amount of 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 letting go mm-hmm. and accepting what we want to keep and and I think sometimes we focus on the letting go and what we're losing and we don't focus on what we get to keep or what we choose to keep and we don't focus on what else we've added to that that adds richness and and is new and exciting and and pleasurable frankly so when you when you made this transformation from one one part of your life and let that go from being an escort to to being you know heather wild coaching i mean how how did you go about that I wish it had been that quick and smooth. So I had gone to coaching school, but I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do um, as a coach. And I hated the sales and marketing techniques that I had been taught. They're, you know, toxic FOMO, negging, shaming people for, you know, oh, if you can't spend $5,000, you don't really believe in yourself. You know, just there's a lot of really great people in the industry and there's, some people that are teaching better ways to sell, but a lot of it is really toxic. And I just, I was also unwilling to step into my greatness, you know, yada, yada. So when I quit escorting, I didn't know what to do with myself. I went from, you know, making like a thousand plus a week to making like $13, $10 an hour, I think was my first job out of the sex industry at a sex toy store, which should have been heaven, but the the management was insane. And then I was a rideshare driver. And then I delivered groceries for a little while. And then I worked in property management and then I became a limo driver. And then I finally got my shit together to be a coach. Right. So um, it was, it was, it was interesting, you know, like I shoved that part of my identity into this, you know, closet 
And then I went and worked at jobs where I could kind of talk about my past. But when I went and got the corporate job in property management and then was later working for like one of the most exclusive limo companies in the world, I had to really, really be in the closet and really like tamp down my personality and really, you know, because I'm a very open person. And all of a sudden I had to be like, okay, can I say this or not? And it was really bad for me spiritually. Like it, and, and I think it caused some depression. Actually, I think working that corporate job was actually a contributing point to me getting breast cancer um, because I was so unhappy. I was just, I was so not myself and I was so unhappy. Um, doing that transformation ritual years ago, I feel like it, it didn't change everything overnight, but I feel like it really called to the universe and said, okay, I'm fucking serious. I'm sick of being this person who's not getting what she wants, who's not creating the life she wants, who's not being the change she's here to make as a coach. And, you know, I want something different. And over the years, you know, that stuff has manifested. And I actually have the pieces of paper that I kept. I, I need to look through them and, and acknowledge like what has, you know, manifested. Um, but having reading, reading books on, on personal growth and business growth and spiritual growth is, is good. You can't just read them. You have to actually do the fucking exercises. <laughs> but I'm things- so disappointed by that. <laughs> I, I mean self-help you know i mean uh, yeah <laughs> but actually investing and like putting my money where my mouth was actually that energetic exchange of like taking courses made a difference um going to in-person events made a further difference it made it more real to me um but actually getting one-to-one coaching on things is what's really made the difference for me. So like in 2020, I invested in one-to-one coaching for my business and that helped me grow by like leaps and bounds. And, um, you know, it's change. I don't think it's that change is hard. I think it's that we fight it on so many levels and we make it hard, but it's, but it's also not as easy as just saying, I surrender. I'm just not going to fight anymore. And I'm just going to step into this change. You know, it's like, it takes a lot of energy to, to make a transformation and and why try to source all that from yourself, you know, get into a community that's about change, get into, you know, get with a mentor who is focusing some energy on you as well, get some energy healing, you know, or do some meditations or, you know, I have a, a method that I use on my clients and on myself called power reclamation. And I'll just literally like sit down and be like, okay, I'm calling all the power that I have been unwilling to accept. You know, I'm calling it in right now, you know, Um, but, you know, even even with that, like as powerful as that is, it's still having having other people who are on a growth path and um, being willing to this is huge investing in yourself and getting other people helping you up level. But here's here's the biggest thing. A lot of people will pay for the energy healing. They'll pay for the coaching. They'll pay for the seminars, the books and all the stuff. And they'll reach a new level or they'll start to reach a new level. But then they keep making the same damn decisions that they did at this lower vibrational point. And it screws everything up. You have to be willing. If you're, if you want to become a new person, you have to be willing to make new decisions. I, yeah, I fully agree. And there's that whole sort of, that whole sort of, uh, understanding of that is i find there's like two parts to that there's an understanding it and then there's a knowing it yes um and everyone has that moment because there's plenty of times when i've gone i understand that concept i completely get it a year later when i'm down in the gutter (laughs) i go 
Oh God, I just got what that means. Now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. So I, I really love what you were saying about that with um with holding space as well. Um so how do you how do you as a coach then sort of take people through that process yourself? I mean that's that's a whole journey. So um I believe I believe in the woo, obviously, but the woo didn't work for me until I was willing, until I found practical things as mm. well. And so I'm a big, I'm a big believer in not stopping until you find what works for you. Um, tweaking whatever doesn't work. If you find something that's a pretty good fit, but not quite tweak the fuck out of it. Like don't, you know, don't try to do something out of the box if it, if it doesn't work for you. So that's how I've gotten a lot of growth is actually finding, you know, being willing to try a bunch of things and then say, you know, I bet this would work better if I did it like this. And I'll do that with my clients too. If I'm working with someone and something we're doing is just not quite hitting home. I'm like, don't sit there and think there's something wrong with you. Tell me, Hey, this isn't working. And I'm going to, I'm not going to be pissed. I'm going to be like, great. How do we tweak it? What can we learn? What can we create? You know? So um, what's been really powerful for me and what I do with my clients is a structured it's a structured journaling exercise where it's really strong medicine. You really have to be willing to come face to face with your flaws and your, your part in things. Um, it's like taking radical responsibility for yourself, not making everything your fault, but 100% being willing to look and say, this is how I created this situation or this is how I contributed or this is what I'm doing now that's not allowing me to let it go. And so it's going through that. You, you see where, uh, for instance, so I'm going through this breakup right now. And the, the person that I, that I separated myself from, he's my soulmate. I, I know he is, but he is in no way ready to, to be with me or not in a way that I want him to be with me, you know, right now. And I did this structured journaling exercise on all the things that are, and he's amazing. He's just, he's one of the most blindly brilliant and, and amazing people on the planet when he's Dr. Jekyll, when he's Mr. Hyde, he's a piece of shit. And that's who he wants to turn over his control to right now. But I was taking, you know, I was taking the, the, his inventory about all the things I don't like about him. And then I had to take his name out of it and put my name at the front and 20 of the things that uh, out of 20, about 20 things that I wrote down that were really pissing me off about him, 18 of them strongly resonated. And I'm like, okay, I'm calling him a coward. Well, there's a lot of ways I'm being a coward. Right. There's a lot of ways, you know, I'm, I'm pissed off because he won't own his power. I'm not owning my power. I'm not stepping into myself the way I could. And so it's this kind of stuff, like using, using life. I believe that life is always teaching us. It's always giving us opportunities to grow if we're aware of it. And so going through these types of exercises with people and then adding in anger work and adding in, um, you know, some woo-woo stuff, you know, um, doing that, that's how I have freed myself from a lot of my past and a lot of, you know, the painful emotions that were just trapped in like, rotting inside of me and I had no idea how to get them out. Um, and I think from, it's from that place. Like when we get back to as much of an emotional center, a neutral place, then we can start responding to the world instead of reacting. And when we respond, we have the opportunity to make a situation better instead of spiraling it down and just burning it down, you know? And from that place, you can start making decisions and, and have what I call a conscious rebellion, you know? 
my twenties, a lot of it was an unconscious rebellion where it was just like, Oh, my family, you know, they think this, they, they wanted me to go to college and get married and have a couple of kids. I'll show them I'll go be a hooker, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to be a hooker. It was like, it was actually a childhood dream of mine. No joke. I was like, that looks fun. And, um, right. and I was right. It really was fun. Um, but there were a lot of things that I did that were just very self-sabotaging and very harmful to myself. So a conscious rebellion is looking at, looking at all your choices and making, making the choice to do something because it's what you value and desire and it's your standard. And it's what you want to be motivated by instead of saying, well, the church says I shouldn't do this. So I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Or my parents really wanted me to do this. So I'm going to go do the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. And that to me is like when we get to a point of like you really start down the path of like true transformation where you're making these choices, you know, of your own free will. You're not being controlled by the world and your triggers. Mm. Oh, I love the idea of conscious rebellion. I really enjoy that as a concept. <laughs> Oh, dear. I, think, yeah. I think that is your motto, Conscious Rebellion. I would like to think so. I would like to think <laughs> so. Well, tell me some about your, your transformation because, I mean, you're, you know, you both are you both are fascinating. I got to know Heather a little bit the other day in Clubhouse. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, being, being a performer of any kind can be a tough life. Being a drag queen, <laughs> got to be a tough life. I mean, that will, that is like honing your soul in the fires of Mordor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it certainly is true. Sauron is still looking for that ring I stole. But, <laughs> but in my defense, I wanted it. So um, <laughs> it's precious to you. It is precious to me. <laughs> um, I mean, certainly for me, you know, I mean, definitely part of the thing was always, you know, you've got to, you've, there's a certain path you're going to follow. You know, I was, I was definitely raised in a, I was raised in a, in a, a former military house, you know, as in both my parents were in the army and, you know, there's very specific ideas of how you're going to grow up, especially, you know, they were not disciplinarians to the to degree a lot of people would expect, but um, certainly there was the idea of what is a status quo and then realizing that I was not only queer, but I was weird and queer was a very different realization and every time it looked like i would go down a path that seemed somewhat respectable obviously i then zigzagged away from that um but then my industry has changed radically to be acceptable which makes me very alienated because it doesn't speak to any of the experiences that i have as, a, as an artist or as a person um but that has dug my resolve further into that. And I think that's why sort of, you know, coming through with, with CTC and Competency Cabaret has been really interesting because the idea of exploring, uh, particularly for instance, you know, with this month, exploring I, the idea of radical pleasure, which is something that we've talked about, you know, a, a lot within this community, but I've also talked a lot about on stage for a long time. I was predominantly known as a host. Um, it was a really interesting concept because the minute you told people they had permission, which was a big thing, that they had permission to be that person and to embrace their own pleasure and voice and uniqueness and all of that stuff, the connections you'd see would be mind blowing. I mean, the amount of time, I think that's why I, I still live for it, you know, is the, is the possibility that one day outside of this pandemic that I'll be able to go back into spaces where I can sort of say, you know, they don't need my permission at all. Right. But having someone say, 
you don't need that permission makes a huge difference and a huge switch over. And I think that's why it's really interesting, you know, talking to you today, you know, about, um, you know, the idea of conscious rebellion, which just really resonates, um, obviously, <laughs> really resonates, especially when you're talking about, you know, things like sex positivity, because people are so frightened of that, you know, I'm in the UK, me and Heather are both in the UK, which is, you know, still has a Victorian prudishness to it. Um, the idea of embracing any form of pleasure, sex positive or otherwise, is still very alien to people. Um, you know, how did you combat that whole sort of, you know, that that prudishness, that that puritanical, uh, that puritanical sort of uh, environment that you sort of you were talking about earlier? Uh, so I, I grew up grew up in a small town um, where uh, Southern Baptist, you know, very small town values. And I can just remember, like, at a very, very young age, um, I just looked at I looked at it and I, I looked at the world and I was like, it doesn't have to be this way. I just came into the world with this knowing, yeah. you know, and, and it's interesting because it was always it was never it shouldn't be this way. But it was the, always the thought was it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. Um, and the, and then yet, you know, as I got older, you know, I was, we went to churches and they like they were misogynistic as hell. Um, I shaved I shaved half of my head when I was 15. So my parents wouldn't make me go to church anymore <laughs> because the preacher had actually said women have no place in church. And I was like, peace, I'm out. I don't want to be here anyway. Yeah. You know, and, you know, there's there's great things about religions, you know, but this was a very toxic environment for, you know, a female child. And so um, I started, I started studying Wicca at that point. And I was just, it was so healing to have like, okay, there, there was once a religion that actually venerated women instead of, you know, saying that they were evil and sinful and, and all that. Um, but yeah, I just, the, the stuff just never made any sense to me. I'm like, why is sex wrong? Like this doesn't, this doesn't compute, but I did internalize a lot of that shame, you know, and um, I realized recently through this whole experience, as much as, you know, if Heather came to me and she was, well, I actually, I won't put this on you because I don't want people thinking that we had any kind of conversation about this because we have not. I really I have no idea me. what you're going to say. So I'm, I know. so I'm going to put it back on me. I'm going to put it back on me. I really need a spanking. I really need a man that knows how to take control and like right. play those kind of games with me. Sure. And if Ryan came to me and said, I really need a spanking, I would be like, great. How are we going to get you a spanking? You know, right. yeah, but, yeah, when yeah. It's, but when it's me, I'm like, no, I can't do that. So it's really, it's really interesting. And it's something that I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm 45 years old. I should be able to get a fucking spanking if I want to fucking spank. <laughs> get over it. Right. Yes. So, um, you know, it's weird. It's weird how I'm very, very permissive about other people's pleasure and their sexuality. And I still struggle, you know, with these things on my own. Um, you know, it's just, it's so pervasive, but somebody, some sex educator made the point that by making sex so taboo, like the problem is that, you know, we, we have all these hangups, you know, and it really gets in the way of our pleasure. But on the other hand, uh, if it was a woman, I can't, I can't figure out who this was, but she was like, on the other hand, it also layers our whole world with rich layers of eroticism that wouldn't be there anymore mm -hmm. because stuff is taboo. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I really don't want things, you know, I'm all about sex positive sex education, you know, and I'm brilliant at it because there's just something about my face that people will tell me anything and they just feel comfortable, which is 
awesome unless I'm at the Goodwill and the cashier is trying to unload her life story to me after we've known each other for 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I, I love, I love, you know, um, I, I've, I've taught classes about, you know, how to hook up without dying, you know, how to successfully hook up and, and get your needs met without dying and, you know, pleasurable, safer sex. I love to teach people how to use condoms in a way that both makes them more effective and makes them feel better. Um, you know, I just, I'm here to be a light and an example to people about what they can do when they embrace their own standards, values, and desires. And, um, but I'm, but I'm seeing like, there's still so much work I have to do on my own stuff, but I know that's just so that like, if I just bust it out and I'm like, yes, I have permission to do everything. People couldn't relate. But if I can share my story about here's where I've given myself full permission to do this, this, and this, but these are the things that I'm still feeling shame about. And, and I know, and it doesn't make any sense and it's so frustrating, but you know, this is my journey. So it's just, it's a constant thing. You just, you know, if it's important to you, which physical intimacy is like, I think my primary love language and it's, it's very, very important to me. So, you know, um, I have to, I have to then go put in the work, you know, and I'll probably go and, and work with, with another sex coach at one point, just to help myself really get the help that I need. Oh, I love that you that you talk about um, working with other coaches as well to produce that. We were talking about the coaches always need coaches, it's the same, you know, psychologists, yes. and psychologists, coaches need coaches. I fully agree with that. Um, I love what you were saying as well about the um, the the link you made there between the the inherent misogyny of of the church and you know and, and not just the church as an institution, but you know the world misogyny and pleasure and how those things kind of convalesce and how they create these weird layers within society um which they can then further add punishment to um which is always the that's the caveat right it's like every time you we're told to to, to push these things down that creates you know a, a layer of pleasure it can, it can create something you know individual fetishes or any number of different things and then when we seek that and go oh well now i can deal with that and create this kind of my own version of this and my own healthy way of exploring that through sexuality and through pleasure and through realizing that as a human, they then go, shame. <laughs> and it's like, but you did this. <laughs> no, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate control. And, you know, I think it's interesting that science tells us, tells us that the biological directive of all organisms is to reproduce. Right. right. And in, you know, the Christian Bible, which, the Old Testament is really Judaism, which I think it's so funny that so many Christians preach off the Old Testament. I'm like, it's right. Judaism. It's not Christianity, but okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, God said, go go forth and multiply. You know, so it is our prime directive, whether you're a creationist or a scientist, our prime directive is to reproduce. How do you reproduce? Through sex. And so it's, 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 a, it's a natural urge and it's a very powerful urge. So what better way to control people than to tell them their most basic and powerful drive is wrong because of course we're not going to be able to, you know, pick the one thing that we're not going to be able to resist the one apple we're not going to be able to pick and make that like the ultimate sin. And then you've got that shame and guilt to control people forever. Right. And I don't know if that's how things were set up to be, or if that's how they evolved over the eons, you know, unfortunately, um, the more, the more people you, I, I think, I think people are basically good, but something happens when there's too many of us in one place, we start fucking shit up, you know? And so whether it's religion or 
corporations or whatever. Like we just get into a mess. Like it's like the more people you have gathered focused on one thing, the less humanity there is. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, one of the things that we've talked about typically, well, one of the things that really informs the way we kind of do things within Confidence Through Cabaret is that we like to focus on how uh, Cabaret has then influenced our confidence because we talk about, you know, taking up space, as Heather said, you know, and using our voice and, and doing this stuff so that we can kind of uh, develop uh, develop the the tools within our kind of uh, within our toolbox to be able to go out into the world and to kind of take uh, take ownership of all the stuff that we want to take ownership of. How does that relate for you, and how do you do that within your work? So um, my you know I, I can go back to you know my my personal story. So um, I, I did want to be a sex worker from a very young age. I saw Pretty Woman. And at the point that she was like, I want the fairy tale. I was like, bitch, get real. Take the, take the apartment, take the new clothes, get better clients. You know? Thank you. I was 12, but I was like, you know, so, um, but I was, I was very like tomboyish. Um, I didn't do a lot to groom myself. I could clean up, but I rarely did. Um, I shared with Heather uh, the other day on clubhouse about how there was a fear that, you know, nobody ever told me I was pretty. So I was like, the fear was, what if I put on all the makeup and I wear the pretty clothes and I'm still not pretty. Right. And also my primary directive was to get the fuck out of the small town before they stoned me to death. Because I knew from a very young age that I was bisexual. I knew that I did not agree with their political or religious views. <laughs> and I was like, I need to get the hell out before I'm killed. And so my focus was very much on my academics. And, um, so I didn't, I didn't think I was pretty. I didn't think I was attractive. And then I decided to go into sex work and I had to have this crash course. I had to go get my nails done. I had to get my eyebrows done. I had to learn to put on makeup. I had to learn to fix my hair. I had to learn to walk in heels and all of that transformed me, you know? And all of a sudden I was like, Oh, like I am pretty, you know? And like, and, and it did increase my confidence. Um, but then I had like a lot of this, shadow stuff that, you know, I then in my thirties was able to take all this emotional crap and like process stuff and take back my power and increase my power and everything, which that's where true sexiness comes from, which is that what we're, what we're, the discussion we were having in clubhouse the other night was about confidence. And that's really where sexy came, comes from. Like yeah. you can take the most beautiful woman in the world. And if she looks insecure, it, it, it really removes the shine, you know? Um, and then you've got, you know, somebody, you know, shows up in overalls and like combat boots, but they're really confident like that can be, you know, really sexy. So that changed the way I saw myself. It changed the way I showed up in the world. As I started healing my inner stuff, it really changed the way I, you know, show up in the world. And um, one of my favorite things in, in the world is um, really outrageous heels. Bordellos. Yes. <laughs> so, I love wearing those shoes grocery shopping or to like go to the movies because right. it 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 enlivens people to see these outrageous you know sexy shoes and I it, it causes me to have conversations that I would never have you know with people um I don't know how I'm going to bring all this into my work um but you know it's definitely something that I that I talk about it was definitely transformative to like learn like oh I can be sexy I can be feminine I can you know revel in this mm. you know and and so much of beauty is really just good grooming right you know? yeah 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 
Yeah. You can take somebody with like beautiful features and if they've got a damn unibrow, you know, it's like you see, you know, beautiful Hollywood actors and actresses made to look geeky and ugly for, you know, some ugly duckling role that they're playing. Yeah. And you're like, oh, they can be ugly, too. OK. And then that plays <laughs> this whole idea of like what can what can be what can be considered and i love that you were saying that before it's like what really is the is the the thing here and the thing is it's you know the the unibrow could be sexy as hell let's face it who you know that's Frida. about yeah right and it's all about like it's just how you express that and somebody who knows themselves and embodies themselves and just takes that whole thing and just goes i am me and that is it like that is all that really matters. If someone embraces that side of it, the minute they step into their power, the minute they embrace all of those features and they say, fuck you, I don't need you know, to, to have anybody tell me what is defined as sexy. I define as sexy. That's the thing. Like that's Absolutely all the thing. I mean, that's <clears throat> what Harry is about as far as I'm concerned. It's like, we make the rules as to what is sexy because we're the ones on stage with our bodies doing the thing with the hustle and we're the ones defining it. Like everybody else can have their rules. That's fine. That's for them. This is for us. Right. I love that. Put that on a t-shirt. I will buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Heather, you've been so quiet. Like I would love to hear about like your, if you've got some brain space, I know you're kind of like running everything. Like, I, I'm just always the voice. So this is a real pleasure to listen to you guys chat because it's always, I'm just always the voice. And so this is quite fun because everybody in Confidence Through Cabaret knows my story and knows my background and or the, the, the whole, I mean, I'm just like, you know, very open, <laughs> very open book on Confidence Through Cabaret. So, um, and everybody else's podcast. So, um, so, so it's just a real pleasure to listen to you guys. I was just thinking about because you know, obviously, we don't really like heels, do we, Ryan? No, no we don't <laughs> like them at all. No, definitely. No, and if you've seen any of my social media this week, you'll know. And it's gone for shoes. Oh my god! I was just thinking. Amazing. So here's the deal. So I've put a lot of women in heels i mean real heels not like work heels but like right heels yeah. sexy first heels. time uh and and as soon as they put them on because I, I i lend out my shoes I, i've got lots of them so i uh, as soon as they put them on they'll go wow like now i'm powerful mm-hmm. now i feel sexy now I feel like I can express uh, all the things that that I want to. But it's a weird thing because if you take off the shoes, you still can. Mm-hmm. You you can still have all the weird conversations. You can still feel all the power. You can still feel sexy. And we've talked a lot in in the confidence recovery community about you know, how we use props and how that empowers us. And we, and we, we always, you know, talk about like, what kind of prop would you want to have with you? And, you know, what does that, what, what does that mean? And how does that feel? And it can be anything from, we've had questions, we've had things like wings to roller skates to, I mean, Um, if it's mine, then it's 
massive fuck you heels, you know, it's like whatever it is that makes you feel powerful. I mean, I, I'm going to get slated for this. Um, so I'm glad we're not recording. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I miss the power shoulder pads, you know, because oh, that made me feel so strong. And, and I will grant you that that was in a corporate environment. So therefore, uh, in the patriarchy, it was um, predominantly designed by men that I felt like I, I kind of, you know, could take up space, but I loved it. I loved feeling that way. And the weird thing is, when you take those off, or in, in, in the case of shoulder pads, when they disappear, then why are we still not that same version of ourselves? Why are we still not powerful? Why are we still not taking up space? And and desiring pleasure it's it's a it's a really weird phenomenon to me yeah i think they're talismans and i mean in 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 you know uh ritual throughout time you know you have talismans that are that, that embody your power you know and so i i think i get what you're saying because it, it it i am a different person when i put my heels on it's it's me but it's like heather to the 10th power you know, and I do feel more sassy and more fun. And I know it's it's not just the heels, but it's like me exuding that energy is one of the reasons why people I would never speak to or would probably never speak to me will suddenly come up and be like, oh, my God, your heels, you know, and we'll have a conversation. But, um, you know, it's one of those things like I wonder if it's a thing where like, do you know, um, Beyonce had an alter ego for years called Sasha Fierce. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you know that she actually retired that alter ego? Yes, I remember there was a, a whole thing about there is no Sasha Fierce, I am Beyonce. Yeah, there was a whole thing about it. Yeah, But it's like she needed that alter ego for years mm -hmm. to transcend the years of being a choir girl and right. really step into that Beyonce energy that everybody loved. Because as talented and as amazing a singer as she is, it wouldn't have been the same without all that attitude, right? You know? Right. But after embodying that for years, she she didn't need it anymore. She had just become it. And apparently, um, Cary Grant, the the famous you know American actor, yeah. the same thing. Like it was an alter ego for years. And one day he woke up and he was just like, I, I realized that I had actually become this person that I had pretended to be for so long. Yeah. And so. I don't know, I, I, I get into and I'll start shooting on myself, you know, like I know there's. I'm, I'm fucking incredible. Like I'm fucking awesome. Like I've worked my ass off to be able to say that, to own it, to become, you know, this awesome person. But there's another level of me that is blindingly bright. And I've been talking a lot recently about how do I get to her? And then the universe provided this awful experience for me to go through and this checklist of, Oh, you're not owning your power. You're a fucking coward. You know? <laughs> but I, I was, I was really shooting on myself a few weeks ago and I was like, I can feel this person. I know how she thinks. I know how she views the world. I know how she views herself. Why can't I just step into her? Like I can feel the energy. Like I know who this woman is. Why can't I just wake up and just be her? And I was really, really frustrated. And I finally had to stop and I'm like, okay, Heather, you making yourself wrong for not being able to do this is not helping anything. It's actually hurting. So stop it, you know? And then the answers came and it's a bloody difficult fucking list I've been presented with. And I'm like, all right, challenge accepted. If this is what I got to do. But you know, if, if it takes me stepping into my fun heels and I have fun in them anyway, then okay. If that's what it takes for me to be my shining bright self, you know, if that's part of it, um, 
I think, you know, it's, it's enough that we find what those things are and we just embrace it. Right. Absolutely. Oh, I absolutely. Yeah. So, so I will say if you're watching this and nine inch heels or nineties shoulder pads are not your superpower, then figure out what it is, but I'm mm. willing to bet that at least some people have those things hidden away and they save them for special occasions. Yes. And I would say wear them every day. Because my first pair, I, I had these seven inch boots and I loved them and I tiptoed in them and I, I didn't wear them outside. And I, and then now, I mean, they're wrecked because I decided I'm actually going to wear them. Like, what am I saving them for? And this is, you know, it's, it's crazy. So if you're saving stuff, whether that's lingerie or perfume or lipstick or 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 a pair of jeans uh, or a flannel shirt or whatever your thing is just wear it just enjoy it just step into that yeah yeah ah this has been fun this has been this so has fun been so much fun i'm so sad that we didn't record this i assumed it was recording oh well, my gosh <laughs> it's fine it's fine we have ways, Heather. There I, are ways around this. I, I will send you a copy. Um, but Ooh. anyway. <laughs> we have the technology. I'm just We have the technology. We just <laughs> we just we just did not We can cover. make you better. We, we are all about consent and we did not do consent, so we'll, <laughs> we'll uh, now that we have consent, we'll um we'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> we can make you sexier, more confident. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with your consent that's it that's it so heather thank you so much for joining us Honestly, uh tell us about so people can find you uh at heather wild coach yeah so at heather wild coach all one word smushed together on uh, okay. facebook and ig i do not hang out on ig a lot at this time um but I'm going to be starting a podcast which you guys have to come play with me on um it's going to be called wildlife and <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, is it yeah. like this? Is this right? Is. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes. perfect. And okay. um, you know, still, still doing my ethical sales coaching, uh, uh, transformation, and uh, you know, but don't step up for this transformation stuff if you're not ready for it because it is some deep, ugly shit. It is. It is only for the people who are really, really, really ready to transcend. Um, but I, I can guide you through it and and you know, be easy. And I'm I'm gonna start doing some you know research and find out like what are people what are people really desiring around you know the sex positive sex education and yeah you know sex coaching. So all of yeah. the things. Well, all the things and cabaret is eternally uh, pro sex worker. Yes. Just is. Uh, uh, so uh, we are doing cabaret Q&A every other Monday. So if you have questions, a lot of people in the community said, like, oh, what is cabaret? What is confidence got to do with it? How does this work? So ask us your questions. What do you want to know about cabaret? Um, and I will refer you to Ryan. Um, <laughs> no, we're happy to share. Like we're, I mean, if you haven't learned that we're open books now, I mean, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so do share. Uh, next week we will be doing coffee in the community. I'm still eternally trying to do water. <laughs> it's a daily practice. It's not going great. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm trying every day. Same. I keep replacing so, with coffee. Yeah. So Ryan and I take coffee breaks, and then we go. Oh wait, 
we shouldn't. <laughs> okay, I'll speak to you in 15 minutes. Yeah. So, but we try, we are trying and we are doing the perfectly imperfect thing. So, uh, so, so let us know what your questions are or let us know if you want to join us on Confidence Through Cabarets, Confidence in the Coffee in the Community even. Oh, we have too many, too many things. <laughs> or Cabaret Q&A or Confidence Through Cabaret podcast, which is what I was trying to say the first time. Uh, do let us know and, uh, and we'll sort it out because we love love to chat and we have adored having Heather. We've been so excited all week and we've Honestly. just been so excited. Like, yes, Heather, oh, thank you guys. Thank you yeah. for joining us today. It's been, it's been really such a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. I'm so happy that I had that chat with Paula and she, you know, threw out your name, Heather. And, yeah. you know, I just, I was like, oh, and then I get to meet Ryan. So I'm very yeah. honored to be here. I and would, we met know, some great people on Clubhouse as well together. <laughs> yes. And, you know, any anytime I can contribute to you guys, you know, let me, hey. let me know um, because I love what you're doing because there is so much confidence to be gained through embracing um, embracing our sexuality and embracing, you know, um, performance. So I, I just I believe a thousand percent in what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. OK, just before we wrap up, I've just realized right at the end. Uh, that my uh, Heather Jean says type on it. Um, oh, yes. I know. I just noticed. Um, <laughs> so that is because my uh, my alter ego, my business world, uh, as a as a business training consultant, uh, I talk a lot about uh, personal awareness and adapting and connecting to others. Uh, and I did a podcast, and I was given the word type. And I, it was like, discuss for one hour, uh, which I absolutely loved. And so that's why it says type. And it's kind of like, you know, being typecast or being pigeonholed or being mm -hmm. told you are one of those. Um, I'm not a fan. <laughs> There's the summary of the, of, of the, that, that's the upshot of, of my conclusion uh, during that, that, during that type. Because uh, nobody is one type. We are many things. Yeah. And. And we and that's what we want to explore. So, so I've loved exploring with you, Heather. Thank you so much, uh, Ryan. Do you want to take us through our our uh, our tagline? Well, <laughs> I would, of course. We are confidence through cabaret, and this has been the fabulous cabaret Q and A with the amazing Heather Wild. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. My name is Ryan, of course, and our name is. Heather. Heather. <laughs> we are the Heathers. We just the need Christian Slater to like blow some shit up and it'll be perfect. Oh, Christian yes. Slater in this. Yeah, that makes it Christian Slater. <laughs> yes. Oh, we could do a cabaret number of Heathers. I am fully on board already. <laughs> we just need oh, to so the best quotes from that film, and they are many and varied. I we would have chainsaw gently, Veronica. Right. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm way up for this. Like the whole narrative is running through my head already. Right. But we are here to remind you, of course, that it is your body, your, body, your world, your, world, your, your stage. stage. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>